Welcome, everybody, to Who's Your Band? I am Jeffrey Paul. I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Sean Morton. How are you, Sean? I'm much better. I see that you're on the mend and you're looking better, well, as, ah, as good you. as you I'm possibly good. can look. Um, but I'm happy that you are not dead. Um, because you know what? You scared me a little bit, Jeffrey. I'm not going to lie. You scared me a little bit. I mean, I had like six co-hosts lined up. Don't get me wrong. I want you to understand this right away. I had your replacement filled before I even got the text back. Okay. Yeah. But um, <laughs> we did this show last year, too. So we're doing it again. And I, I like this show. I like the way we do this every year. This is our breakdown of the. Uh, final inductions who are going to be going into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for this year. And I know the reason why you are very happy this year. I'm happy for two reasons uh, to both. do this show. But I, but then there's then I have questions to ask you. Oh, God. Okay. okay. Um, about this. Okay. So let's kind of start breaking down some of the artists. Um, it's a it's a big list. It's an eclectic list this year. And we'll start with, I think, the obvious. Um, she had to get in. Pat Benatar, 110% had to get in. Two multi-platinum albums, five platinum albums, uh, 15 top 40 singles. Uh, iconic songs like Heartbreaker, uh, Fire and Ice, Love is a Battlefield. Um, I mean, she's done it all. She influenced dozens. You don't have Hailstorm. You don't have... Uh, Evanescence, in my opinion, if you don't have Pat Benatar, how did she, how did it take her this long to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Um, the, the the woman it, it was a trendsetter. I I just don't understand the criteria, but now that she's in, well deserved. Congratulations, Pat Benatar. Thoughts, Sean? And as much as I bust your chops about it, uh, because it's a little weird, um, kind of like aff affinity that you have for her. Um, but no, it is definitely, uh, it is a worthy induction. I do believe what you said is right. There's a, she, she did set the, the tone for a lot of people, uh, in the female world, as far as rock and roll goes. Um, and I think it was just one of those people who is kind of like, people know how good she is. People know the kind of music that she does, but it kind of just flew under the radar a little bit. And I think Joan Jett was in the same case too. Joan Jett was kind of in the same case where it was like, hey, she's like a monster star. Like, why isn't she in the Hall of Fame? And then all of a sudden, when Nirvana got in, people were like, hey, wait a minute. Why? Why isn't she in the Hall of Fame? And then the next year she got in. You yeah, know, so I, there was there was rumblings about Pat Benatar last year. Yeah, I don't understand why Pat Benatar and the Go-Go's got in before Pat did. I mean, I, I know they're basically all contemporaries, but I really think. That aside from Joan Jett, I mean, who else was the, the big female hard rocker? Yeah, there really wasn't. I mean, in that in that 80s time period, there really wasn't. Not even the 80s, Sean. We're talking 70s. We're talking 77, 78 when I mean, the only people you can, it's, a, it's a group, but you can say heart is the only real one. That, that's who that, I was thinking. You know, that's the only real like super rock person. You know, of course, there was pops and stuff like that. But as far as rock and roll goes, I think you're right. It was just them. It was heart and Pat Benatar. And the thing is, she evolved. It wasn't like she just kind of like stayed in the same uh, type of music. I mean, when you see what she came out with, like, again, like um, uh, Hell is for Children and then onto something like We Belong. You Which know? is personally the song that I play before I go on stage every night, uh, because that is a hard rock and gets me in the mood to decimate and just fucking be evil as we belong. 
We Belong is is your hard rock. Fuck yeah, song. dude. Some people put on M&Ms like Lose Yourself or I Have a Tiger. <laughs> I, I rock out to fucking We Belong. It is a, a hard rock out song. Oh, yeah, dude. It gets me in the right mind frame. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like anything that was mm. wrong in the day, I have to go on stage for an hour. What's going to get my blood going? Easily. Yeah. We Belong. We belong. Yeah. He's such a jerk. Uh, <laughs> No, but this, my point is that she she also kind of changed with the time. She became a a, a, a big MTV star. You know, she was a trendsetter, a, a fashion icon. You know, girls in the eighties wore the Pat Benatar look, the, the tights with the headband, the short hair. You know, I everything I think that hits the criteria of of what puts an artist in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think she had hit, and I think it's way way overdue. I'll, I'm going to agree with you. It is overdue. I think a lot of it has to do with the MTV. And there's a couple other people that were inducted uh, for this year that I think um, MTV played a huge part in their getting in in their getting inducted. Yeah. Let's get to the let's get to another band here. Go for it. Band. Okay. Which I, you know, Judas Priest, where I'm I'm shocked. And thankful that they are in because heavy metal doesn't get represented. Hard rock music, music that we like is all always overlooked. You see it in the Grammys. You see it in the American Music Awards, any of these big award shows like they had. They had to have Metallica go on with I think who was it with Lady Gaga or somebody. Yeah. You know, and Laverne Cox kind of like fucked up the introduction for it and didn't even mention Metallica's name. I just think it's so disrespectful how this brand of music always, always kind of like takes the back seat. And when you look at uh, tour sales, what's the biggest tour sales out there is hard rock music. Mm-hmm. It's but I will selling tell out you, arenas and stadiums. To add to your point, you actually just, you actually made your own point right there with Judas Priest. They really didn't get inducted into the Hall of Fame. They got the Musical Excellence Award. Mm. which is which is not a voting to get actually into the hall of fame it's kind of like hey we know you guys are are fucking amazing um but no one voted for you but we're still going to give you this award but technically you're in the hall of fame but it's not like all right it's like say you're a professional baseball player and you play for the mets but it's the binghamton mets (laughs) you know what i mean it's like technically you're still a baseball player but like you know it's not the full the full deal you know what I mean? And it sucks because they really do deserve it. They absolutely deserve it. And I, I, I don't see it as, as a bad thing. I just like, like you said, they don't get enough respect. And I think it's just another way of showing how this genre of music does not get the proper due respect that they, that it's required. Well, I, I would like to see, I was hoping that this would open the door for other acts that, that are well way as deserving as priest now look, look at priest's resume here over 50 million records sold with limited air radio airplay okay i mean they had a couple of uh of mainstream hits like breaking the law limited after midnight uh you got another uh, thing coming but aside from that man you don't you only hear those songs really a priest on the radio then yeah. you know and even in it in the heyday of radio it was really only those songs you had to listen to like a metal Yes, uh, you know, night or or you had to like wait up on. I think it was it was it Sunday night or Saturday night where you had a uh, uh, mayhem mayhem metal on uh, MTV and you would wait for like you know a priest song or a maiden song to come out. 
but also look, look at priests, man. You know, Rob Halford, you know, maybe one of the top five lead singers of all time. And even when he left the band for the short amount of time that he did, Tim Ripper Owens, former guest on the show, amazing. Two blazing guitar players, KK Downing, Glenn uh, Tipling, fantastic. And the songs, the Victim of Changes, The Ripper, Green Mattelishi, Diamonds and Rust, and maybe, in my opinion, one of the top live albums ever unleashed in the East, I think really, really put this band over the top. Uh, I mean, I never played, uh, I never got enough of it. And again, my personal favorite song, uh, so, how many songs, Sean, do you know that started off with a killer drum solo like Painkiller? That's true. Painkill was, a, and that's my favorite record of theirs too, which is kind of weird because again, the heyday of, of Priest was really from like, you know, 77 to like 86 or 87. And they came out like, that was a 90 or 91 with Painkiller. It was a monster record. Touch monster. of Evil. Touch of Evil to me is still one of the greatest fucking metal songs that's ever been on, uh, ever been on, on wax. You know what I mean? And wax. it was a bit, yeah, my edibles are kicking <laughs> in a little bit. Um, which is totally fine. The uh, but MTV got a hold of that one too, you know, and then and then regular rock radio picked up Touch of Evil for a little while too. So that kind of you know blasted him a little bit. And then after right after that is when he left and he started doing uh, Fight. And then he which, which are great records by the way. The first record I don't know if you've ever heard or not, but the first Fight record is fucking outrageous. The second well, one atrocious. I saw Fight when they opened for I think they opened for Maiden at the Garden. Oh wow. Yeah, it was it was fight was the was the it was three bands fight Queens Reich and uh, Maiden. That's a great show. Yeah, that's a great show. And then he did that other that horrible side project that it was called Two. That which I was, know. I it was just know. so bad, so bad. But uh, no, I I agree. This is long overdue for them to be in the Hall of Fame. I wish they had the full thing though. I just wish they had the full recognition, but that's the shit in, rock and roll hall of they're fame. In. Yeah, they're, they're in. We're, we're going to call them rock and roll hall of famers, yeah, right? Absolutely. All right. Let's get to a band that you kind of, I think we're alluding to, or at least one of the two bands I think you were alluding to, and that's going to be Duran Duran. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to tell you, I am happy to see this band get in. I, you know, I think they were always kind of dismissed a little bit as being marginal uh, as, as players. I think over time they really evolved to become really good musicians, especially uh, the guitar player uh, uh, was named uh, one one of the Taylors. Was it, uh, who's who's the guitar? Andy Taylor. Right. He's coming back for the Hall of Fame too. Yeah, he 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 was a great great uh, guitar player. But this is a band that I think really uh, took advantage of the video age. Um, videos like Rio, Hungry Like the Wolf. I mean, they were probably the most polished of the videos of of their time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just such cool songs too, like Say a Prayer, Girls on Film. And I remember. Duran Duran in their heyday. And this is, I was a young guy. Um, I was still in college and this is when I owned the record store and they had two massive, massive albums, uh, Rio and seven and the rag tiger. I mean, just, I mean, you, everyone, everyone was talking about Duran Duran. It was like, it was almost like they used to compare it to the Beatlemania when they were, when they played the garden for the first time, reflex was number one in the United States and the UK at the same time. Um, and then the band, I think also kind of like evolved, they evolved their sound. Um, I think it started with a great James Bond song in view to a kill. I think mm-hmm. it's one of the best ones uh, out there, but then in the nineties, 
know, I thought they became a little bit more mature. Uh, personnel changes in the band. They added uh, Warren Cucurillo from uh, Missing Persons. And, you know, he had a big uh, uh, influence in their songwriting. And the 1993 um almost comeback album Duran it was just titled Duran Duran had classics like Ordinary World and uh Come Undone which it's called, still the, it's called the wedding album it's not called the wedding album people call it that but because of of, of the cover but it, the album is technically called Dur- um Duran Duran um the album that their entire catalog they have sold well over 100 million uh records 21 uh top uh, 100 billboard singles. Um, they, they weren't just like a bunch of good looking guys. They were guys that can play. And even I thought the spinoffs were really good. Arcadia, which is, I love the song Election Day, Power Station, Some Like It Hot. And, you know, like I said, glad to see Duran Duran get it. Eh. Really? Eh. Are you messing with me? No. Come on. No, I mean, yeah, they're good. I mean, I understand why they, you know, why they deserve. I, I just don't see it. I like them. Like my, like my buddy Scott was like, hey, do you want to go see Duran Duran play the guard? I was like, eh. Like, I'm never going to go out and go see them in concert, ever. Like, that's never going to happen. You know, I have a lot of their stuff on my phone. I listen to their stuff. Like, and they're good. But I think, like I said before, and it was one of the two, and the other one we're going to talk about next. That's right. Is was MTV the reason why they're as big as they are, or is it their talent? And I think it was MTV. I think they're talented musicians. I think that they're very good. They write great songs and stuff. But I think because they had that look, they had that um, that you know, teeny bopper boy band kind of look. Before you even said the word boy band, if you think about it, every girl had pictures of whether it was Simon LeBon or Andy Taylor or John, whoever whoever was there they were like new kids on the block or the backstreet boys or stuff like that, which is better music. Do I think if MTV wasn't around, I don't think they ever make the hall of fame, but they, they played their own instruments Mm -hmm. that they're musicians there. They, they have a deep catalog of, 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 of of hits and songs. So I think even without, uh, uh, MTV, I still think their that catalog is is deep enough. They, you know, did MTV help them? One thousand percent. It's undeniable. But you know, it helped bands like The Cause. You know, it helped it helped Michael Jackson. I mean, it helped numerous Madonna. It helped numerous amount of uh, bands. So I think that you're dealing in an era, and and now video really doesn't help bands anymore. Now you got to no. kind of make it on your on your songwriting. And, you know, I, I just don't see like, aside from maybe someone like Ed Sheeran, you know, who's like, who's like a prolific songwriter out there now? I mean, Ed, Ed is one. Taylor Swift is another monster. Yeah, you know, definitely. I know it's not your kind of yeah. genre of music. No. You know what no. I mean? Taylor's great. Gaga writes a lot of her own stuff. Most of her own stuff too. I think she's fantastic. Pink. Right. Does does a good amount of writing, but she has a lot of great writers, too. Um, no, I think I listen. They're not unwarranted to be in there. They're not unwarranted. I just think that if MTV was not uh, not around at that point in time, I don't think that they're as big as they were. It's just that's just like that. And I will say it again about the other band that's going into the Hall of Fame this year, the Eurythmics. 
I think they're a good band. I think they're a solid band. I think Annie Lennox's solo stuff is way better than the rhythmic stuff. But when you look at it, 1983 or 84, whenever Sweet Dreams came out, she was one of the faces of MTV. Like whenever you would talk about a music video, they would pop up her face, stark white with the short orange buzz cut. She had a look. She had the look, exactly. But they also had the talent to kind of back it up a little bit, too. There's a lot of people who had a freaking look that were just atrocious, you know? But do they make it into the Hall of Fame without MTV, without having that, you know, that vision of the stark, white, skinny broad who has the orange hair? I don't think they do. Well, let's take a look at them for a second. Okay. So the Eurythmics, Annie Lennox, Dave Stewart, they came from the tourists. Okay. Um, Their first album did nothing. And then they make it huge with their uh, on the second album with the hit uh, Sweet Dreams, number one uh, in the United States. Um, Big hits, Love is a Stranger, There Must Be an Angel, uh, Here Comes the Rain Again, sold over 75 million records, uh, numerous MTV Music Awards, and both Annie Lennox and Dave Stewart are inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame, Mm -hmm. okay? Um, I think for the short amount of time that they were together before Annie Lennox went uh, solo, I thought they were as impactful as any duo has ever been. And I think based on record sales, I think based on on, on, uh, music that has stood the test of time. And not only that, how Dave Stewart kind of like kind of changes the sound of music a little bit. I -hmm. think that alone makes them worthy to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'd say them more than Duran Duran. Mm. I would say them more than Duran Duran. I think Duran Duran took more advantage of the uh, of MTV because you know they did appeal to a, a little younger uh, audience, and I think yeah. they, you know uh, you know uh, Eurythmics you know not only appealed to a younger crowd, but I think like like you know people in their thirties were still digging them because I think their music was really had a lot of substance behind it. Yeah, um, I mean, again, you also have two monster songwriters too, right? And you, and you see, I mean, did he really do anything big after Eurythmics was broken up? became a great producer, worked yeah. a lot with, uh, with, uh, Jeff Lynn. Um, and he became on the going on, he won Grammys for producing other albums. Wasn't he in Tin Machine with David Bowie? No, no. Who am I thinking no. of? You, I think you're thinking of, uh, Soupy Sales Kids. They were in Tin Machine. Oh, were they? Yeah. One was the drum and one was the guitar player. Didn't know that. Yeah. Didn't know um, that. I, I liked Tin Machine. They, they were hard. And mm-hmm. then, okay, um, Okay, so there was one more artist that I wanted to talk to. And then, in my opinion, that would have been the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And then I wanted to ask you a question. Uh, you know, um, so the other, the one other person who I loved getting involved was Carly Simon. Okay. Right? Uh, great uh, singer, great so- songwriter. And I wish Lynette Palladino was here for this because if Stevie Nicks is in as a solo artist, then just as much as I feel about Pat Benatar, Carly Simon had to get in. Okay. If Stevie Nicks gets in as a solo artist. Okay. Number one, you cannot compare Carly Simon to Stevie Nicks. That's right. Because Carly Simon is much better. Not even remotely close. First of all, that accident really jostled your brain. (laughs) Okay. Look at her. Look at her resume. 13 top 40 singles. Let me remind you of some of these songs. Okay. Just in case you forgot anticipation haven't got time for the pain uh you belong to me 
coming round again. Jesse, the mega hit, you're so vain. Um, I mean, it, it wasn't just uh, James Taylor. I mean, um, how about the another James Bond song? Nobody does it better from The Spy Who Loved Me. And she, in 94, she's in, inducted into this uh, Songwriters Hall of Fame. Okay. Stevie Nicks, as a solo artist, doesn't have that resume. Yeah, hers is better. You can't just say it was better. You know, she she doesn't have she doesn't have the statistics to back it up the way statistics. It, uh, you know what statistics mean? It's something in Italian we call ungats. It means nothing. Stats mean nothing. Because let me explain something to you. How many amazing comics do you see? People, oh my god, I love so and so. I love so and so. And then you watch their special, and you realize how fucking much of a hot piece of garbage that comedy special is but the statistics show that they're selling out all these places and then me and you can work a show or go see a local show with whether it's either me or you or any of our friends who are great comics they're not getting the same notoriety as the guy who has the special right that's true I mean, I, that's I, me. Of course, I'm going to agree with that statement. I, I really just kind of throw you in to that just to make you feel better. But stats don't mean a goddamn thing. Then, then, then tell me why. Make the argument for why is Stevie Nicks better than Holly Simon or um, even in the same conversation? Just just the catalog itself. Her solo stuff is off the Her catalog does not compare to Stevie She is Nicks. a pop culture uh, the, icon. Carly Simon is not a pop culture icon, number two. Okay, she came from a major band and had amazing success, which a lot of people don't have when you break away from like your your bread and butter. A lot of people try and do it and they just don't, you know, so and and it's a personal preference, too. I personally prefer Stevie Nicks over over Carly Simon. Okay, so agree that Stevie Nicks goes in with uh, Fleetwood Mac. But I think as a solo artist, I think uh, Carly Simon has it all over. I think when you had your record store. You had Stevie Nicks in and you made a pass at her and she shot you down very quickly. I just think she, I think, I think she is, she she had a limited, she had a limited, uh, she has a limited amount of hits. She has, she had, she only had a a couple of, uh, of solo albums. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't even think she had, I can't even think of five big solo records that she had. Oh, it's me. Stand back, Edge of Seventeen. Uh, that's the three off the top of my head, real quick. Stop dragging my heart around with Tom Petty. It's a Tom another, Petty song. Are, you, are, we, are we gonna start going? And then we might as well do the um, the leather and lace. She's she's phenomenal. Let, yeah. let your let your personal hatred go. Listen, I have personal hatred for you, but I meet up here every week at one, you know, for an hour a week. I put everything aside for the greater good. You do. I do. Right. Let's let's get on to this. Let's do it. And we're not going to talk about the uh, the producers who, who no, got in. in okay. But okay. But then then there are four more acts. Yep. Okay. Eminem, Dolly Parton, uh, Lionel Richie, Harry Belafonte. Okay. Um, Got to tell you. I don't think they belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think, uh, they, you know, they're all. I think they're all. They're all great in their own way. Um, but do they? If you if you're going to put it in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, how about just renaming it to the Music Hall of Fame? And well, then I agree with that. And then isn't there already a Music Hall of Fame? So tell me, 
Tell me what part of Lionel Richie is rock and roll. And I love Lionel Richie. So He's do a I. great, great songwriter. So I do always I. respected him. I always thought he was great. He wrote my favorite Kenny Rogers song. Love the guy. But he is not rock and roll. No, the problem, and this is just my personal opinion, and you might agree with me, you might not agree with me. Yes, it is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But I think what happened is in the in the early 2000s and late 2000s, it had a shift. And it had a shift where it, pop culture became so important. And even though these people are great musicians, they're also pop culture icons. So I think that's the reasoning why they, they feel the need to instill these people into the Hall of Fame. Uh, Dolly had one pop song if you really think maybe two maybe two what's what it's song is that nine nine to five which was a pop kind of a pop crossover yeah. hit I'll and then that. islands in a stream with kenny rogers which, which is a bg song right it's a bg song I, I understand that um do i think that she belongs in the whole thing i really don't i really don't but again she's this yeah, well, no, she was like, yeah, she she said she's respectfully declining. And then they said, no, tough shit, we're putting you in. And then she's like, okay, put me in. I get it. And what she was trying to do is, you know, not take away votes from other people, which That's I thought right. was very commendable. I really did. As far as country oh, music she's goes. Cool. She's cool as fuck. I love her. Country love music her, goes, you have country music women. She's on the Mount Rushmore. 110%. 100%. You have a pop culture hall of fame. She goes in there 100%. But rock, rock and roll, roll hall of fame? Nah, not really. That's right. Not really. Sorry. I mean, but she's great. Got a great rack, but eh. I don't, I don't see it. Uh, and what do you think about uh, Eminem? Hundred percent should belong belong in there in rock and roll hall of fame, not well, hip hop. You already made you already made the, the crossover to have hip hop people into the hall of fame, right? Have you not put the biggest hip hop artist of the last twenty five years? Yeah, let me ask you: Did LL Cool J deserve to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? No, but again, what did I just say? It's all about pop culture. Do you so know what I think it's about? I think it's about being woke. I think. No, the, I, think I don't think so. I think, I, I think the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame wants to be woke. I, no. I, I mean, I like Janet Jackson. She's not rock and roll. I'm sorry, she doesn't belong. Well, listen, in the Johnny rock Cash is in rock, Hall of Fame. Johnny Cash isn't rock and roll either. Why is he's he country? He's country. But again, that said, listen, I love to jump on the woke bandwagon and say how things are horrible because people are are too woke isn't the case with this it's not the case with this because again you got like i just said this is more of a pop culture thing and some people they try and put in because they forget that they they weren't in the hall of fame you know what i mean is that that makes sense like carly simon is one of them how does she slip under the radar for 30 years going into the rock and roll hall of fame you know pat benatar is the same thing same same thing you know other bon jovi took a long time to get into the rock and roll hall of fame you know so it's like do they put them in just because they realize they were assholes and they forgot to put them in or do they really legit deserve to be in there? Eminem, I, I definitely say deserves to be in there. I mean, you don't like, you don't like rap. Number one. I do like rap. And I, I always was an Eminem fan. You know, I, I do like rap. I, you know, um, people sometimes say because of the attitude um, I look at it, uh, like the music. And now what becomes the criteria? Uh, Nona Hendricks. How did Nona Hendricks get in before Pat Benatar? I have no idea who Nona Hendricks is. Okay. Uh, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of, I mean, you want to go back to the origins of rock and roll and put some of these blues guys in. 
understandable. I get it. They deserve to be in because that's where rock and roll der- uh, derived from. But when I think when, I mean, Eminem is a flat out hip hop artist. Yeah. So is Jay-Z. So is Run DMC. Jay-Z so should not be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Again. Because he did a collaboration with, with Linkin Park. It's music. So that's what it is. It comes down, hey, we have this Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Now all of a sudden, okay, we're going to put rappers in. Okay, we're going to put country people in. But it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's got to be renamed. It's got to be renamed. That's the or, whole thing. Or, or open up another building. Now, we never ask uh, listeners to do this. I would like to see, you know, when people uh, listen to the show, I would like to see some comments and and what uh, the listeners kind of think uh, about this this debate on whether Eminem, Dolly Parton, Lionel Richie, Harry Belafonte, you know, uh, should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, or should there just be a new building called the Music Hall of Fame, or, just, or the Pop Music Hall of Fame? I think there's, I think we're too far gone. I think that's what it is. I think it's been established too long, and it's way too far gone to to, to separate and to put other things. Listen, there's no Heavy Metal Hall of Fame. Did you know that? I've been saying twenty years. I've been saying they tried to do something like that with the Rock Honors. Right. 20, 20 years ago, I was saying they should have a heavy metal Hall of Fame. I had the first five picked out automatically. You're going to do five people a year. You know, sure, wasn't whole, that what the Golden uh, Gods Award was? It was like that. Well, that was more of a heavy metal, like a current heavy metal kind of thing. But yeah, it was. It was, you know, I mean, if you pick top five off the top of your head for heavy metal Hall of Fame, who do you start with? It's very simple. I it's think you so, got to go. You go Black. No, absolutely not. You go Black Sabbath. Metallica, Metallica, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, and Pantera. That's your five first that go into the rock and roll, to the heavy metal hall of fame. Why not Zeppelin? Because they're not a heavy metal. They're rock. They're hard rock. They're hard rock blues they're, band. As my friend Pete says, they're the greatest blues cover band of all time. <laughs> is, is, is Pete a, a hack uh, comic? He wants to be. <laughs> of course he, wants he does. To be. I'm going to give him your number. You can teach him. Yeah, I'll give him some lessons on that. <laughs> I had to do hacky jokes. What about that Led Zeppelin? I had a uh, Robert Plant. He, he wasn't dick. moving around a lot. Did he have some lead in his shoes? Huh? Hey, get the lead out, Robin. Why don't you? Oh, God. Uh, all right, man. So I guess on that note, um, you know, this doesn't this doesn't have to be like a super long show. I just no. really want I just really wanted to talk about I think rock, rock I think it was Hall a good thing we do this every year. I mean, this isn't the last year we're doing this, but no question, because we're not making this through another year. I'll tell you that right now. But what I'm saying Why is... Why are we going to make this through another year? Oh, the podcast? Yeah. Oh, God, no. You mean I make it to fucking June. But anyway... It's May. Exactly. So... Well, we got one more month left? Yeah, and we have a couple in the get, can. This may be the last get, episode. We got to get to our 100th episode. We're, 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 we're getting close. We're close. Um, I, I, in all in all, I think this was a very solid year. I think this was a very eclectic, diverse crowd that was going into the Hall of Fame. I don't disagree with almost any of them. Uh, I think a lot of people deserve to be in there. And there's still, you know, there's still some glaring omissions that are in that are not in there. But I think Priest uh, is the start of one of them you know, to get the ball rolling. Hopefully you get an Iron Maiden or you get uh, a Devo or uh, the New York Dolls. Really? Really? The New York Dolls? Yeah. I mean, there's so many bands that mm. deserve to be in this, you know, that that 
you know, the Sex Pistols had one album and they made it into the Hall of Fame. You know why? Because they changed a style of music. You know, it's and I, I have debated this too. I mean, they weren't great musicians. It no. was a it was a good album. Is it worthy to be like hailed as one of the best of all time? I agree. Yeah. No, maybe, it doesn't. Maybe they should be like in a section called influences. This is when this is when I lost faith in music journalism. And I'll tell you when it was. It was a couple about 20 years ago. Yeah, just about 20 years ago, I was working at a law firm and I knew there was another lawyer there who was, was a great uh, guitar player. And we're talking about Rolling Stone's top 100 guitar players of all time. And they put out the list. And at number 70 was Eddie Van Halen. Then, Seven, then, then, then that has no zero. credibility. Seven zero. When they who was put, ahead of him? Well, when they put Kurt Cobain at number 11. Jesus Christ. That was, and listen, that's just, that's, again, that's one of these like it is, shitty uh, Rolling Stone writers just trying to get a little something going for his name. But, but you can't take that seriously. That's just garbage. That's straight up garbage. Yeah, I agree. And like for me, like, I, there was no bigger Nirvana fan than me, you know, but who's number one, Jimi Hendrix? I think Jimmy was number one. I think Dwayne Allman was number two. I mean, I can live with that. I can live with it too. I think Clapton was three. And uh, I think Jeff Beck was four. Like it was a old great There's no way. There's no way on this planet that Eddie Van Eddie Van Halen you could have put as number one. But no there's question. No, but there is, and you can make an argument for it. But there is no way you could defend that he is the seventieth, the seventieth. Right. Right. I don't care. Listen, if he was twelfth, and Kurt Cobain was number eleven, I would still lose my shit. Yeah, he, there's no way Kirk Cobain should be ahead of right. Eddie Van Halen. But again, it's, it's that mystique. It's that, oh, he died so young. So, listen, so did Dwayne Ullman. Was Listen, as a lot of Nirvana stuff great. Sure, they have a lot of great stuff. Is a lot of it garbage? Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah. it's A lot of it is just noise. It's absolutely yeah. just noise. And he admitted he was never a great guitar player. So, again, I don't put a lot of faith into these kind of things because, again, an award is is bullshit you know like i can tell you like what's going to be nominated for the grammys next year and i'll tell you my favorite album is not going to be on that list of course not you know i'm curious about that that guitar playlist i'm uh i got you know changed it it a few times now that they've done it two more times after that after that issue but if you're gonna if you're gonna talk about like the nirvanas of the world where does a guy like billy corgan fit in Billy's a better guitar player. Of course he is. He's a great you know, guitar player. He's a, player. Better, he's a great much guitar player. I don't even know if he was on the list, to be honest. <laughs> that, that, to see, that would be disgraceful. It's a, it's a, this is where you talk about the woke generation. Okay, this is what you talk about. Because then I bet years, there was no way they would put Ted Nugent on that list. No. Not, well, he was on, but I don't think he was anywhere but close. A great guitarist. Look at this way. You know, they do the top 500 songs of all time, right? And for years, it's been like a Rolling Stone by Bob Dylan. Am I a Dylan fan? Not in the least bit. Do I like that song? It's a good song. Is it a great song? Absolutely. Great it was song. number one for a long time until last year when they changed it to You Make Me Feel Like a Natural Woman by Aretha Franklin, which was originally number 85 and went to number one. Why is that, Sean? Because we are living in a woke society. And that was, and that's my they point. had to make a change like that. What happened in the time frame from when that list was originally put out to last year that made this song so ridiculous? You can't, 
you can't justify it. It's Checks like all the boxes. It's like Don't Stop Believing by Journey. Okay. Everybody in the world knew that song. When the goddamn Sopranos put that in the final episode, in the final scene, that song took a life of its own afterwards. And it's even bigger today than it was 20 years ago when that show was ending. You so that's, feel like a natural be, woman isn't even like the best Aretha Franklin song. Right, exactly. Like she's she's Respect, got so many on, two better songs. Come on. It's a hundred percent. But what happens is, like I'm saying, with, with the journey thing, is that they it takes a mind of its own and then it starts it starts taking off and taking off and taking off. I can understand if uh, that song went from number 200 to say number 40. You could understand because there was a resurgence. There's a whole pop culture thing behind it with the Sopranos and everything like that. It it went back into mainstream society again. I get that. There was nothing that was major that happened with Aretha Franklin that made it go from 85 to number one. Was it the year she died? No. No, it was like three years ago. She died like six years ago. Feels like she just recently died. Well, she was a big girl. She could have died twice. <laughs> She just kept hanging on, <laughs> like Fred Sanford. I'm coming, Elizabeth. <laughs> It'll take your face, smash him, and don't make gorilla cookies. You knew, who, you knew who made that show was Aunt Esther. She's great. But Wanda Aunt Page was, oh. she was a great comic. Oh yeah, absolutely, Dirty. absolutely. Oh yeah, and Red Fox was the filthiest of all. And and in real life, they were good friends. Yeah, I knew that. It's a great show too. Never see that on, on television. Coming yeah. out of you. Yeah, because it's, it's kind of like the yeah, anything good, anything good, anything that's funny, anything that is a little edgy. No, that can't be shown. No, you, you can't have that. You got to do a remake of the Wonder Years. Which Fred Savage is gone, by the way. I, I, I had never watched one episode of this. Uh, new I haven't watched it either, but he got fired for uh, inappropriate conduct. Mm. Let me take mm. his cock out. He's diddling. Telling you, Dylan, Dylan, something. I think on that note.